0: Welcome to Serving Aces. I'm Alexandra Stevenson. Sam Gore is away calling games for March Madness. However, I have a special guest, Oog LeVarier. His friends call him Oogie. My former coach from 2002, he got me from 60 in the world to 18. I won a double-sider with Serena Williams. Hello, Oogie. How are you doing today?
1: Hi Alexandra, I'm doing great, I'm in Florida right now for uh, the whole week, so it's been doing uh, awesome, great weather here, so yeah, this is great stuff.
0: I'm very excited that you've come on and I have to say you are a Canadian from Quebec City, actually, sorry, La Vie, but we first met in Quebec City.
1: Exactly, I, I mean our meeting was just, it was amazing because it was the same year as the 9-11 events, remember? Uh, it was amazing. I, I, I couldn't believe what you had to go through, uh, that last, the week before we met and you just, you know, you, it was amazing to meet you. So yeah, it was great fun.
0: Well, I felt that it was kismet that we met and it was a hard time getting to Canada, even from America. It was hard getting there after nine 11 and Ah. you were just this young, eager guy ready to help me. And I don't even remember how we did my mom find you or did how did we meet? Uh, we actually
1: we actually met through the tournament director at that time. Which That's was right, Jack, Jacques, Jacques. Jacques. Exactly. Jackie Arise was the, the tournament director at that time. And it was 2001. And I founded my tennis academy in 2000. So it was the first year after I founded my academy. And there you were, this unbelievable player. I mean, I was starting to coach, I, I got off the ATP tour for 10 years. And then I'm starting my career for coaching. And then I meet you. I mean, it was the meeting that changed my life. It was amazing.
0: It was. It was pretty special. And we have to thank Jacques for doing a meet cute with me and you. And I went from that tournament, I Pretty sure I got to the quarterfinals that year exactly. with you. From
1: exactly, you lost to Megan shaughnessy who won the tournament that year.
0: Yes, and and, and I felt like I should have won that match. <laughs> it was close. You're
1: right, it, you, you lost seven six in the third. So yep. for sure, it was a tough <laughs> one. Going, anyway.
0: I I still remember coming off the court, and you were just such a great coach, even though you were just starting, and yeah. you were so positive, and you always had a game plan, which is your specialty, I have to say. We're going to talk about your game plans, Ugi, because that was the best ever. You know, you knew how to be organized and get your player to do the plan and stick with it, and we always would have a plan B as well. But I did the game plan, and Megan just eked it out, <laughs> which happens <laughs> in got, tennis,
1: right? She got, she got by at the end with a couple of points, but, I mean, you were right there because we had a good plan going, and uh, it's it's kind of for me it was obvious that even at the highest level you must write plans and that was the biggest thing for me at, at that time I was starting to coach so I didn't really realize what I was um you know suggesting to you because you were already you know top 100 in the world and I'm like okay I'm seeing this unbelievable player top 100 in the world oh well who cares i'm gonna I'm gonna suggest you to write game plans you know because in the heat of a match, you only have a minute to switch side and it goes really quick, you know, and once you start to lose, it goes even quicker. So you have to slow the clock down and, you know, make sure you you, you get those steps. And when it's written in front of you, you can ask yourself the questions and you can actually see the answers. So it makes you think a little bit because, you know, back then there was no coaching on court. So Yes. And have- I,
0: I love that you just said that because a game plan everything you just put into words, that's really what changed my trajectory at that time in 2001 to 2002, because I had the game. I had made a breakthrough at Wimbledon in 99, and I was learning how to play on the tour, but I didn't really have the coach to put together all my special tools that I had. And you came in and made it simple. And you said, okay, we're going to serve to the T look for the back and cross court, serve out wide, look for your forehand on the line. Like you gave me the patterns that I didn't really have early in my pro career. Cause I just kind of burst on the scene and played off my natural talent. And exactly.
1: That's, that's what you why. Did.
0: Yeah. That's we what... went from 60 to 18 in five weeks. And exactly. I, it was a pretty big run. I still think that record holds on the WTA tour for one of the biggest runs in five weeks.
1: For sure, because we, we met in 2001. And then a year after that fall, we spent the, the fall together in Europe. And for that six or six, I think it was six tournaments, you just, I mean, you beat Jennifer Capriati twice. Jennifer was, I think, number two in the world that time. You just find yes. Serena. And, of course, his father didn't look at me right after that. No, I'm kidding, I'm Stefano was like,
0: not happy. Yeah. Exactly.
1: He's like, who is that guy? I I
0: think I beat five top 10 players in those six
1: six weeks with you. Exactly. It's still on my website, actually, because I was so proud of you. As it should
0: be. Exactly. And 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 we got the doubles title, Serena and I, and you were the coach.
1: Exactly. I mean, Horacine was there, and this great hitting partner was there for for her as well. And she was just, she was amazing. Seriously. I mean, the practice you guys had and the way she talked with you, the way she observed as well as a a coach. I mean, I was like, Serena, she's number one in the world and the greatest player of all time. So that there's reasons, especially, I mean, she's gifted physically, but mentally and her eyes, she can see a lot of things that people, that major, most people don't see that. I mean, I've recognized Martina Hingis a little bit like her on on the, you know, tactical points that she can. She really has the eye to look into a match, and you know, of course, that's why she's she's the greatest of all time.
0: Yeah, and I really feel that Serena Williams didn't get a lot of credit for that.
1: Exactly, you have to be. I mean, you. Have they just to be said she had a lot her. of power
0: and a big serve, but she really had yeah. good eyes and good instincts and changed the pace when she needed to and played smart tennis early exactly. on.
1: Yeah, exactly, and she. I mean, she gave us a great tip about Jennifer on her return. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I, so, so, and we put that into execution and it worked, you know, really well. So, I mean, she doesn't get credit for it because she doesn't really share that. You know, she's going to, you know, she's going to do interviews about all kinds of stuff. But once you get to meet her and talk to her, you know, a bit like, like Breakpoint, like the Netflix series, you know, there, you see a lot of the backcourt action and the entourage and what's going on. Now you get the, the chance to see a lot of a uh, lot of insights when when you're close to the players.
0: And I, and I haven't watched that because I felt like I lived it, but I might check it out. But I really I like that they put that on Netflix because it shows. It also they picked glamorous moments for everybody. They didn't show the tough moments and the challenger players, which hopefully they'll do in the next seasons. But it, yeah. it showcases tennis in a forum that needs you know tennis could be helped because people that watch exactly. netflix don't always watch tennis matches
1: exactly and it, it puts really an emphasis on how players have to deal with stress and pressure every day of their lives and that's that's been something that anybody You know, because of the pandemic, it's been stressed out from all over the place. And just people to go to high school and elementary school and parents and all the situations. I mean, how do you deal with all that pressure and all these changes in our lives? So that really puts some emphasis on on those players, especially because they're winning, but they have to deal with all kind of pressure. I mean, they showed a little bit of the Tony Nadal situation between Rafa and Felix when they played each other in Roland Garros last year. And that's, it was a dynamic where he loves Rafa. It's his nephew. But he's coaching Felix. So, And then suddenly he leaves for the fifth set. It's like, and nobody takes Rafa in five sets and Roland Garros. So Felix is on fire. And uh, while well, talking about Felix, I was really happy that I got the chance to coach him when he was nine years old.
0: Yeah, I was just going you, to say, you've got to say. And this is Felix Ajer wow. Aliassim. And you knew him when he was younger. And exactly. he's, a, he's I mean, a great guy. He's still, he's matured and such a wonderful player. and – you know, you had a little hand in that when he was nine. You gave him some good technique and changed his racket, right?
1: Well, I changed his racket a little bit, but then it's more tactical. I mean, especially you know, since I did with you, but back then I did um, I did teach him like to run around his back end a little bit at forehands. But of course, anybody from Tennis Canada would have coached him the year after or the year after about that. But I was the first one who did it. Yes, when he was they nine got years they ago. got
0: the special Oogie magic.
1: Exactly, he 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 got the tactical points right away because he he was like a, a raw diamond for sure. I mean, he was sliding on the court all over the place on hard courts. He was nine years old. His technique was it was impe- it was impeccable. Uh, Sam, his father, coached him from since the beginning, from since he was three years old, and Sam is like. Uh, as a coach, because he's in Quebec City, right? He has the academy in Quebec City. I have the other big academy in the Quebec City area, which is I'm on the south side of the river. So we're not competition at all because he has a huge academy. I have a smaller one. So uh, we have a good relationship, of course. And we our kids practice together, which is really nice. Uh, you know, my best kids, I don't have that many, but they practice with his, his yes, but I kids. I love that and you
0: said that that you have there's two opposing academies in Levy, but you guys get along and you help each other out. And I feel in the coaching world, since I've just kind of started coaching, yeah. I've felt that uh, it's there's a lot of egos involved and they don't want to share. And I love that you guys share, and it's just finding the right people that will give you
1: knowledge. Exactly. I mean, it's it's so right because the basic. Thing we have to do is to make sure that everybody who wants to play tennis that's my vision that we help them yeah so whatever whatever uh, is the way that we need to help them because my my city area is like 150 000 people his is like 600 000 people so he has much more people there so he has many, many more players under 12 under 14 under 10 and if my players get really good then i sort of ship to them you know i want i want them i want the best for them i'm not gonna hold them in my city and say okay no, stay here. So no, <laughs> I'm gonna make sure that transition is doing he can stay here and normally they stay with me for private lessons a little bit. So so uh but the group lessons, then as soon as they're ready, I ship to them and they train together. They have clay course over there. So their progression is like like Maxim Saint Maxim St. was like top uh, player in, in Canada on their fourteen, and I started him. And once he got really good, he got the number one in Canada, then we we share them, you know. It's like, okay, and you're gonna go train you're... over there. He's like, Are you sure?
0: that's why you're such a great coach Ugi, because you will share and you will you have the the well-being of the player in mind and when you were with me you always thought about how I felt and made me happy and that's a special thing in a coach not all coaches have that
1: you're right I mean that's what people around me say it's funny you're saying that because the guy that is the responsible of the tennis at my indoor club that's exactly what he says he said you make people feel great around you and that's your number one quality and i'm like okay thank you i didn't know <laughs> i didn't know that but i just i just feel the joy of that sport it's amazing and i'm just sharing that and it shows and uh well, so that's
0: i so. love it and we got to discuss a little bit about 2002 and traveling through europe after 9 11 you came on board in 2002 and We did the six weeks and Anique, your lovely wife was pregnant and she kindly lent me to, she lent you me, she lent me to you. No, I'm saying it wrong. Sorry. She let you go basically, (laughs) which was a big deal because she was almost going to have Amelia who is now 20 because that was 20 years ago. Correct?
1: Exactly. I mean, mean, Amelia was born in May. So yeah, Yeah. you're right, that fall. Yep, so that fall she
0: was pregnant and she came over for two weeks. And I I watched back the Jennifer Capriotti match and she was there. And the sad part was, what I'm getting to is, when you find a coach, you always want to keep them. But family circumstances and you had a life and you had an academy and I couldn't just keep you on the road. And that's one of the things when you're a player on tour, it's very special if you find a coach and you get to keep them for year after year after year and the commitment. And just what you gave me and how you committed really changed my career around. So it's very important to find that coach, but also try – to keep it going after if the coach has to go away or not. And I was just You're very right. fortunate to have you for the time that I got you, Oogie.
1: It was a great period because the kids were not born. So now, <laughs> yes. we have, now you we have, have
0: three th- kids.
1: Yeah, have three teenagers now and plus almost adults. So it's a different ball game. But now it could be another period where I could go a little bit on the road too. But in that period, you know, where are yeah, when they're babies the and year, it's hard yeah it's hard yeah. it's hard and, and that's coaches.
0: yeah and that's another thing on tour when you decide to coach on tour you have to decide like can you go on tour if you have a family or not and that's a whole a whole nother thing but getting moving forward after let's enough about my career and talking about how we coach together and player and coach let's let's talk a little bit about indian wells right now it's going on you've been to indian yep. wells oh yeah it's it's I mean, a great tournament it's fan friendly it's player friendly everybody loves it you also have a golf academy in la vie so you love golf which is perfect because everybody that goes uh, to indian wells wants to golf and play tennis what do you think about the tournament right now and some of the upsets that, that have been happening
1: i mean we already have some major upsets so i mean i mean just today i mean stefano's Tsitsipas just lost so that's a big upset because there's number two seed uh you know it's different conditions you know it's it's you're coming to Indian wells it's dry it's desert it's windy sometimes sometimes it's not so it's different different type of ball game I mean we, we saw last year when uh, Fritz won I mean you came out of nowhere just win the tournament so and you and we see in the breakpoint uh Netflix uh, clip what happened before you know he was injured he didn't know he did not know if he was going to be able to play and so that was that was factored in and his opponent was hurt as well so both of them you know it's Nadal and Nadal was hurt and so that you know that was special but this year we have some upsets already and on the women's side Bencic and Vekic already lost today uh so that's those are two big upsets because Vekic just you know like we said earlier uh before uh, the podcast you know Vekic won a big tournament uh yes, a couple weeks back so she's
0: had a good year and It's interesting because Indian Wells is like the hard court. It's a hard court event. So you think, okay, hard court is going to be like the US Open surface. No, 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 no. They put extra sand in the court. (laughs) And when you get out there, it's sometimes slower than a clay court. But then the air is thin and the balls move fast. So it's hard to get a rhythm. And you got to really build your base there, get in early practice, load your legs. And if you're just coming in and you're not feeling great, you can be out, especially if you're a top seed, you can be out against the qualifier there.
1: Exactly. I mean, you said it, that the conditions are very different because the ball goes super fast and then suddenly even a, even a flat shot is going to like, it's going to slow in the, on the court. So it's like, you're you 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 know you're expecting something like the fly like uh, the U.S. Open, but then no, it's gonna stick there a little bit, and ooh, you're framing it, so you have to really adjust, get there early, practice many days before to make sure you're you're ready, and then you know that's a big uh, big time of the of the year, and then Miami's next, and Miami is a totally different ball game because it's so humid.
0: Yep. You've got humidity in Miami and you got a little bit faster court, but the humidity slows the ball down. Then the ball gets fuzzy. In Indian Wells, the ball gets lean and thin and there's not a lot of fuzz, which is good for a big server, but then it hits the court and you have to adjust. So (laughs) that's always tough.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's really tough. And then, uh, yeah, so there you go
0: yeah so moving forward again i want to talk to you about i've i've come up with something fun for my guests it's called a fantasy coaching team for tennis and it's like a fantasy football team except we're going to put together a fantasy coaching team and who would you pick you've got a head coach a forehand coach a backhand coach a serve coach a volley coach The travel coach is very important. And Uh this number one, the number one thing that I think is really good when you're on the tour, a scouting coach. You know how they have Uh scouts in baseball, football. They don't really have scouts in tennis. You have your head coach who scouts for you. But it would be interesting now that the players have a lot of teams if they had like a secret weapon as a scouting coach.
1: Uh I I wrote something. About that. I, I want
0: to, Yeah. I want to go ah. off. Um, you give me your picks first, Ugi.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, so the head coach, I mean, for, for men, you know, that could be interchanged a little bit because most of the, most of the best coach right now on tour or can coach either, you know, you think about, yes. Just, for me, for a women's coach, Patrick Mouratoglou, the French coach is amazing. I mean, the job he did with Serena, of course. Uh, but, He's more, he's more of a, a women's coach. You know, remember you told me that one time. I remember we were at Wimbledon and you said, you know what, Luki, you're a great women's coach. I'm like, <laughs> okay, is that a good thing or is that a bad it thing? It was again? a
0: compliment. And wait, I have to say why, okay? Now, I agree that's with bad. you. Both on the women's and men's side, both coach, you know, you can coach both sides. Darren Cahill right. has coached both sides. Brad Gilbert has coached both sides. There's been both, both sides, that's but- that's A women's coach has to be specific and attuned to the woman's emotions of the tour. And that is not a dig against women's tennis. It's a fact. And on the men's side, it's just, it's slightly different. They don't have the... You know, they have their ups and downs, but it's different emotionally. Men and women are different how they handle things. And yeah. that's why I said that, because you, and you have two girls, so, well, three <laughs> girls if you count your wife, so exactly. you could handle women. <laughs> and you yeah. have to be able to handle the women's side. It's it's a it's a tough tour, Oogie.
1: You're, you're, I mean, I totally agree. And at the time when I said, what do you mean? And then you explained exactly the same thing to me. And I totally agree, because... We have as as coach and, and parents we have to deal with the emotion side the emotional roller coaster of women's tennis yes and uh, on
0: my side of as the player i have to say i was raised around boys and guys so i'm more like a guy where i'm not as okay. emotional so you kind of had it easy with me Oogie.
1: yeah you're i right. have to
0: say i was pretty easy i wasn't that emotional <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, when you lost, you were a little bit and that's I was when...
0: yes, when you when I lost, I, I was very upset when I lost and it was because I was still a young player and what's different now is the pressure that the young players have is totally changed because they have they Oh, you have so much time you ha-. when I played it was like yeah. if you don't win a Grand Slam, you suck. And why aren't you winning tournaments and it was like, It was just a lot and so i was just trying to get that first tournament win and i i did three finals and i didn't get it but it was thinking back on it like mental toughness i was pretty tough what i had to go through with the media and everybody trying to say i should win right away and it's so funny listening now they're like oh she's got plenty of time give her give them time give him time and in the two thousands, if you were a teenager, you needed to win or else you were done.
1: Yeah, because the examples were there. I yes. mean, look at everybody who won very early in their career. Yeah. Tracy Austin, Chris Everett, yep. and then Martina Hingis, all these girls, just Monica
0: Seles, <laughs> Steffi Graf. You just all, everybody before me, they were Jennifer Capriotti. They were all teenagers. Yeah. So that was kind of the plan. And It's nice. I like now that it's shifted. And if you're like 22, they go, "Oh, you have plenty of time (laughs) to win."
1: Exactly. It changed a lot because back then, if you were very good in the juniors and early in the juniors, 14, 15, 16, then you went on tour. Yeah. And today,
0: it's go to college.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Most most people go for that route, and that's really it's a smarter smarter route because yeah
0: it's it, the, it gives you time much and now with the rules you can get paid and still play college tennis and figure out how to find your sponsorships but, and then get on the tour as a more mature player all right so moving on your, your head coach okay for the women's you picked both okay so you picked patrick all right the men's head patrick. coach
1: uh, who, who would you pick? I, was, I, I had I had Paul Anacone and Brad Gilbert as the assistant. <laughs> so oh, okay. A, a, I
0: like that. I like that.
1: Yeah. All right. I so think fo- Paul Anacone did a great job. Yeah.
0: He did. Now, forehand coach.
1: The forehand. Well, for me, I mean, the biggest forehand in men's game was Juan Martin del Potro. I mean, just the biggest forehand that I've ever seen of my life. That guy could hit winners from anywhere in the court. That's because a great I think he could he would stand in the first row of a box and he would hit a winner. See, yep. seriously. All the right, so we got
0: Juan head. Martin. All right, backhand coach.
1: Yeah. Uh for men's, I mean I can do women as well. Or do you want uh, to Oh do yeah, that?
0: sorry. Forehand coach for women. I well, okay. I would pick Juan Martin for both sides. Who would you pick for women?
1: For women, I, I'd have Steffi Graf's forehand.
0: Okay. But you know, Ugi, I, mean, I feel like Steffi, Steffi was Graf... just
1: running around her backhand or her, her forehand yes. was just so precise.
0: But Steffi Graf could be on the men's side too, right? (laughs) Okay, so uh, backhand coach.
1: For sure. Backhand coach. Yeah, well, kind of a tough one there. But for the two-hander, I had Djokovic, of course, because his two-hander is just – he doesn't miss. He doesn't miss and he just puts the ball wherever he wants.
0: All right, one-hander. So what do do you have for 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 the backhand coach?
1: Well, for, for sure. I mean for the backhand coach for one hander, I, I put Federer. How can you not put Federer for the backhand? And especially with a slice. Yes. I mean you're I mean you're in the mix. Your back end was I mean. I like that slice, you put me you in the mix. But your back end topspin on the rise? I mean, come on, it's just it was huge.
0: Yeah,
1: it was. So yeah, you, you were I mean I, I had I had you for the flat back end. So there
0: you go. <laughs> because those are I like all those picks. Okay, so surf coach.
1: So that was good stuff. and Then if you'd if you want to have sort of surf coach, I mean I did I did some research on the stats and I mean of course Ivo Karlovich, I mean he's he averaged like twenty aces a match. I mean twenty aces a match, could you imagine? That's huge. I mean, but I mean, to me, Pete Sampras was a better server. Pete Sampras was well, just holding yeah. serve. I mean, he would just... And his he invented He invented the oblique serve. I mean, the oblique serve. It was his invention because Agassi was just returning his kick serve and on the rise all over the place. And suddenly he's like, okay, I'm just going to toss the ball above my head and just go hard slice. And that's called an oblique serve in Canada. I don't know, in the U.S. But oh, I like that's that That's amazing.
0: Okay, so oblique yeah, serve a, in Canada means serve. the short, short toss and the slice to the body or out wide?
1: Well, ob- let's see. Like when Federer hits like his wide serve on the deuce court, it's yes. not a slice like a lefty. No, the lefty slice is going to go, you it's going to slice. Yes. But it's a hard slice. Let's just say it's, it's a hard slice. So you toss right above your head. And instead of kicking to the back end, you just slice really hard and it's going to go to the, you know, your forehand on. Yeah, so that's, you that, invented that serve. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I had the same coach as Pete Sampras. So Pete Fisher would be my pick for serve coach, a la Pete Sampras <laughs> sure. and then me, because we both had that serve, but Pete Sampras had it first. <laughs> All exactly. right. So you
1: both have, you both had the same technique almost. So that was kind of. Folly coach.
0: Who would you
1: Wildy. pick for volleys? For me, I mean, we have Federer and Navratilova. Navratilova for women's had just the best volleys I've ever seen. Not even close. So, I mean, she coached you on volleys a little bit in in Europe. She did. I remember one time she gave you some yeah. advice in England. Um, she was super. So, I mean, I mean, you still have like McEnroe, Edberg in the mix, you know? Yeah, there's because a lot Edberg's of great volley volleys. Volleyers. So... It's tough to pick, but and McEnroe, how? Is mean, so natural. I mean, nobody volleys like him because he was just holding the racket here and just go, you know, just go. Dick, yeah, he you had know,
0: fabulous hands. And I, hands. I, and Federer obviously had great volleys too. But it's hot. what about Edberg? You mentioned Edberg. He had amazing volleys.
1: That's why Edberg coached Federer for a while because <laughs> he, he's like those volleys are awesome. Let's. I want to bring you on get get into the bandwagon let's go let's go
0: (laughs) and you know the key to the volley so Todd Woodbridge Martina helped me a little bit too but Todd Woodbridge and Ray Ruffles Ray Ruffles was a great Aussie player you remember him and Todd Woodbridge another fabulous Grand Slam Hall of Famer doubles champion he taught me how to use the palm of my hand with feel for the volley and yeah, a whole volley lesson. He actually gave it to me at Indian Wells when I was practicing one time. He just came on the court when I was out there with Ray Ruffles one year and was like, let's do volleys. And I <laughs> said, okay. And then I think the the next couple months I played him at the U.S. Open in mixed doubles
1: oh, yeah. and I
0: beat him. And he was so upset and he said, why did you teach her how to effing volley? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no way
0: when i want i won a volley war against him and he got like really <laughs> mad and i was like thank you todd
1: <laughs> yeah well I all like right the fact so that, footwork
0: yeah. coach who would you pick for footwork
1: hmm, for footwork i mean i got some great names on there but um i mean if we're really actual right now carlos alcaraz footwork is just unbelievable. i
0: knew you were gonna pick him
1: Seriously, he he could be
0: the all right. He's the newbie, Carlos Acaras. Who's the oldie?
1: Well, I I have for women's Arang Sasha Sanchez Vicario for footwork. Oh,
0: I like that pick.
1: She had amazing her, footwork. With- with her academy in spain i mean the, they have two mottos in spain it's just never two bounces yes don't you know don't quit until two bounces yeah and don't make the same error twice yes so and you know definitely-
0: she she was really good with her spacing of her shots because she didn't have a lot of power she had smartly spin and she was not big but the way she got her spacing with her feet was yep. amazing
1: it, we're we're always gonna have that type of player you know i can I can see that, uh, you know, she was the same back then. We have uh, we, we have Wozniaki who was the same player. Simona almost. Halep. Exactly. They're like a little bit weaker on the forehand. Their two-hander backhand is just so, so rock solid. Yes. So they don't miss with that shot. Yes. Yes. Uh, jessica pegula is a bit more a little bit like that too. yes uh it's just those girls are just not gonna miss and they they move really well on the court so they yes. cover all kind of ball. now carlos
0: okay. Alvarez is next level with his footwork he does things oh. you haven't seen on the court
1: it's <laughs> unbelievable i mean we just really hope that he gets he gets to stay healthy i mean that's the main thing yeah. for him because when he's getting injured to his legs i mean did you see in uh South America in Brazil in uh, a couple of weeks ago he had he was injured towards the end against Cam Nori. Yes, he had, the, he had trouble to finish the match. He, he loved that match and uh, yeah, so it's kind of sad because he he, he was competing with Nori at the same level. And yeah, of but one he's life.
0: what is he? Is he now nineteen? He's a baby, so he'll yeah. get
1: guys get
0: strong at what twenty four. So I, I also like Yannick Sinner. Yeah, Yannick yeah. Sinner acts like sometimes he looks like he's skating on the court because he's so fluid.
1: It's, it's true it's from the north of Italy so he's just getting those skis downhill <laughs> yeah, skis he's just exactly the
0: All right it, travel it, right. coach Ugi who's going to be your travel coach because you know on the road you've been on the road traveling is very tough and the travel coach means okay yeah. you got to organize the flights you have to organize the laundry you got to organize the dinners and then you got to get your player there get the practice courts who are you gonna pick?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I wrote, I wrote something that I was gonna say that. Okay, let's say I'm ten years on tour. Who I want to be with me just to make it fun. So yeah. I didn't go into the planning so much because you had your mother, which is awesome. So she, she planned everything. She
0: so was like the manager. We, that, a couple.
1: <laughs> exactly. So that's you know you have the agent, the man manager yes. the tennis coach so you have all sides so, so for me for me I picked John McEnroe I mean Johnny oh, Mac I because like that he could tell you some some stories music gigs at night <laughs> coaching amazing so for me I would bring Johnny Mac with me and I would be all over the place with that be oh awesome.
0: okay I think that's That'd the pick of the coach. night and you know he could take you to any concert that you wanted to since he knows all those guys <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Seriously, how can you beat that? Yeah, be exactly. Awesome.
0: Okay. So, mental coach, mental toughness, mental awareness. It's come since COVID, it's really come into the forefront. And especially yeah. the tennis tour is a mentally tough place to be. And you have to be secure with your brain and yeah. your body. So, who would you pick?
1: Well, uh, on that subject, precisely. I think Marty Fish would be a great pick because of his, oh. all his, his, his you know, his, his road, you know, the stuff we saw on TV that his, his career and all the troubles with, with the mental side of it. So I think he would, we would gain a lot of knowledge being around, being around him. So that would be, okay. I, think my,
0: yeah. I love that. All right, Marty Fish. Okay, so I'm going to skip over the next one. Well, no, maybe not. Your body coach, meaning like your physical therapist.
1: Oh, that's who works easy.
0: on your body? Who would you pick?
1: For me, I mean, there's trainer. Hands down, hands down no comparison. It have to be Douglas Cordero. That guy <laughs> is unbelievable. He is in Leila Fernandez's box at U.S. Open, just screaming all over the place. Vamos, solido. <laughs> I mean, seriously, how can you not want that guy on your team? I, I, just-
0: yeah, he's a good one, and you know what? He's now a Dominic team.
1: Exactly. So he's going to help
0: him make his comeback.
1: Exactly. I mean, he he got some players before he, the the two girls from uh, the two sisters from Czech yes, Republic and he had
0: them. and he had Brandon Nakashima. So he's helped. He's helped. He's has a good record. Okay. Yes, so exactly. your scouting coach, who well, would you pick?
1: I, I got some. For me, the team behind Novak Djokovic for the stat team is unbelievable Ooh. because. Djokovic, like I think it was five or six years ago, that really have the this this stats going. I mean, yes. he's got some, I think a special software that he uses, his team uses that to get all those um, the data that when he's gonna play somebody. So he's getting all sorts of data from that from his team. And that's that really gives an, him an edge, I think. Yeah, and it, I, I love that you're
0: saying that because a lot of people don't know the technology some people know but other fans that maybe watched tennis before and are just coming back into tennis or new fans the technology yeah. that tennis is giving to the players and their teams is truly incredible and it is
1: incredible.
0: even yeah. in the last 10 years the difference it it could make or break winning a grand slam
1: for sure i mean when i was i was counting players for you 20 years ago how would this sheet of paper i would watch girls and i would say okay she served down the tea you are my technology oogie yeah with my pen and a sheet of paper which you know today you have software that does that you can just record a match and it gives you the stats at the end yeah it's amazing location we see it on on tv when they have the software from uh you know the, the atp and wta tour but like where they hit shots the you can see the balls land you can yes. see where they hit from the from the return serves you can see medvedev is like 22 feet behind the baseline nadal as well yeah and then suddenly like agassi would be returning from the baseline so that you have you have this this great software usage of Jokovic and all, all the other guys are are and girls are are you know into that. They're and starting they're to, to use help. it, yeah. and I,
0: and I have to say when I started commentating, I got all these stats and figures and. It's like everything. And it was so much from my brain. I was like, what is going on? Because I was used to the piece of paper and writing down the game plan. I'm like, wait, you have like the velocity of the serve and the where the width is and the angles like, oh my gosh, this is too much. I'm just going to watch the match and say what I think. <laughs> <laughs> because if I read all the stats, I'm going to my brain's going to like go crazy. So I had to figure out and- how to look at the stats that mattered and then present them.
1: That's exactly it. You have to scroll it down, maybe study a couple couple hours before the night and you say, Okay, what's really relevant yes. as a fan and as a commentator, because you're right, there's too much information there. Even as a player, there's like, Okay, I'm not gonna use that information. I mean Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: So so you have to scroll that down and, and you're doing a great job because when you commentate, you commentate from what you see and what you've had, some experience and from your heart. And that's the best. So keep Thanks. that, keep that because <laughs> I'll keep it. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing somebody, you know, back home in Canada commentating and he's using the stats and everything. I'm like, dude, you're too much. It's too much now. Because the basic fan doesn't want to hear. No, it's uh, it's you, it's, you, you gotta keep design. it simple. Exactly. You yeah, have to and, keep it simple and make it entertaining.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you can go down the rabbit hole, let me tell you, with all this new technology, there's just a lot of stuff which Is helpful if you're sitting with your player at night as you used to do, used to knock on my hotel room door at nine o'clock after we had dinner, and we would go over our game plan and the statistics and what I did well and what I needed to fix. And I feel like it's the same thing now. It's just they give you more to look at.
1: Exactly. Give you more to look at. And whenever you you analyze a win or a loss of a match. You have to look at the key points of the match. And th- that's the most important stuff because at 30-40 or add-in or add-out and how that game turned out, whoops, instead of 4-3, it's 5-2. And all these dynamics, that's what's important. So you must focus on that. And then, of course, the rest of the match is important for the stats. But whenever it's a big point, you can you can tell when you're watching a tennis match on TV, you're like, oh, this could be a turning point of the match. So yes. what are they going to do? And you feel it as a player. You, know, you, you feel get
0: the momentum
1: shift. Exactly. Okay, this is important point. Okay, no, this is a basic point. Let's play it normal. You can't play it normal because it's an important <laughs> point. I'm gonna turn the match around. So that's that's why we, we still love watch it, live Ugi. tennis. And, uh,
0: well, yeah, and we need more people to watch live tennis and and play live tennis and not get into pickleball so much.
1: <laughs> well, I mean it's a North American sport. Pickleball is, I mean. In in Europe it's not that big, it's more padel. You How know, about the...
0: Canada? Has it gotten into
1: it's, I Not think so. so
0: much. Yeah, a little well, bit?
1: Yeah. yeah, a little bit. Because of the of course it's different because of the weather. It's yes. more you know we have only half a year of summer and half a year of a big winter with snow. So it's not gonna get as big because like in Florida, right where I'm at, where where i'm at right now in orlando i mean i actually went to the usc national campus a couple of days ago yeah. and have you been there to the i, uh, I
0: have not been USC to the national one. Campus? yeah i haven't I mean, been there it,
1: wow i mean it's like there's 100 tennis courts so 100 tennis courts right by the um the airport the airport, the airport because we hear the planes all day long <laughs> 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 looks like us open back then i'm like this this is new york yeah. this is awesome and they have 100 courts so there's a 40 clay, 40 hardcourts, and the stadium for the NCAA tournament uh, matches. That's great. Which is unbelievable. This is really exciting stuff. So, I mean, they have it down, but they have pickleball courts and everything. So, yeah, it's a great facility. And it's one of the reasons why the U.S. tennis has been picked up, like, uh, you know, from five, six years ago and a little further, then there was not that many men in top 100. And I've talked to the USTA a couple of uh, coaches there, and they, they were saying, we need a, a site to uh, all year long outdoor tennis and play more on clay court. Those were the two important factors that That's a big factor,
0: the clay court. US
1: tennis needed to turn around because of that. So that's yeah, that was that's
0: great. Well I would pick your fantasy team, Oogie. You need to like (laughs) keep that in your little uh write it down and when i come back on with you a couple weeks or months we're gonna see if you're gonna keep this coaching team we might have to play around with it you know it's kind of like it's like a soccer team or a football you might have to fire somebody or move somebody up or
1: it'll be fun, right you're right i mean you're right we could we could definitely do that and but it's a pretty uh... stellar
0: i i love your picks and i like that you threw in some picks that i didn't think you were gonna put in
1: I've done I've some great research and I would be happy and uh, excited to see whoever is watching our podcast, what kind of team they would put in. I mean, I'm sure we'd have some great picks from that. Yeah, our, we might. Fans.
0: If we get this podcast popular, we might have fans tuning yeah. in about their fantasy coaching team. All right. Exactly. Well, we've talked a lot about tennis and I love it, but I got to add in some entertainment and pop culture because Sunday... Is the 95th Academy Awards Oogie. And as you know, I love movies and I love fashion and the Academy Awards is my big Sunday. I have like, I have all my picks, I do my Vanity Fair Oscar ballot, and I get out my uh camera to take pictures of the dresses on tv to see like if i have looks for my next us open like what i'm gonna wear even though it's gowns but i like to take inspiration from it so i'm gonna give you a little trivia question okay Okay. Yep. all right so there are three canadians nominated
1: okay this year
0: this year can you name them
1: hmm I need maybe. Uh...
0: They're pretty famous in Canada okay. and in actually two of them are very famous in America as well and around the world.
1: Can you tell me like um, how many how many women and men? Is it? Yeah,
0: so two men, one woman.
1: Okay, two men. Um, I'm saying maybe the guy who did Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds. No, right, no. no. Okay. Um... I'll
0: give you a hint. He had the biggest movie ever in the late 90s. And oh. a fellow Canadian who is beloved in Quebec as a singer sang the title song to the movie.
1: Okay. Uh, so you're talking about Celine Dion for Titanic? Yes. For sure.
0: Yes, okay. so, so who did Titanic?
1: Uh, the actor?
0: No, no, who made oh. Titanic?
1: Oh, uh, f-
0: you want know me uh, I tell you?
1: James Cameron? Cameron? No?
0: Yes, James Cameron. So he's nominated for Best Picture for Avatar.
1: Oh, there you go. Yes. Wow.
0: Okay, so then we've got another one. I will give – it's another male, and okay. he's nominated for Best Actor, and he is known okay. for – Funny movies. He's not really known as a series actor, but this new movie has taken him to a new level. But I'll give you a funny movie, Encino Man.
1: Okay, Brendan Fraser.
0: (laughs) Yes, you got it. (laughs) Brandon Fraser. And then the next one, she's a little more obscure, but she's a really cool filmmaker. And I loved her in the 90s. She was um played Anna Green Gables. They shot it in Canada. It was called Road to Avonlea and she was Anna Green Gables. Okay. Do you know who that is?
1: Whoa. I I remember the the Anna Green Gable. I mean it was filmed in uh, yes. Nova Scotia, something on the East Coast, but uh no, I cannot remember her That's
0: name. okay. Her name is Sarah Polly, and she got nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay for Women Talking. So wow. when you watch on Sunday night with Anik, your lovely wife, you can be like, we are representing Canada, Canada <laughs> right? And you've even got James Cameron, who knows Quebec City, via your best singer of all time, Celine Dion.
1: That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's some great knowledge right little there. A little fun trivia questions.
0: Sure. You'll definitely remember that from now on, right, Uki? Well, it was so lovely to have you on. We had great conversations today and I can't wait to continue them. And thank you so much. And this is Serving Aces. Everyone, if you'd like to follow us, we are on Apple or Spotify, or you can go onto my Instagram at Alexandra Stevenson. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks, Ugi.
1: You're welcome. It was awesome. Thank you, Alex.